everybody and welcome to our game of the year pre-show for superform gamescast i'm one of your hosts john that bourbon went down the wrong fucking pipe that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> you want me to take over for you for no yeah please Just start okay Just start. okay so so as a lot of people know because we've been plugging it like crazy this is our game of the year episode but first it was a huge 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 month for game sales so we've got mpd matt piscatella here with us matt thank you so much for coming back and hanging out Hi, everyone. Hello. What's going on? Hello. What's up, Matt? Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. I'm back. <laughs> John, um, John, do you need a minute? No, I'm, I'm, I'm He's I'm, actually I'm just good, emotional. Dude. It's a big oh, day I'm for him. I'm really, just really happy to see everybody. Suck it up, sad podcast man. <laughs> uh, so, so, listen, uh, Matt, I want to tell you now, in case you're not prepared, by the end of the show, we are going to want to hear what your, what your two favorite games of the year are. So start thinking about it now. Uh, but it was a huge, huge game uh, sale month for November. Uh, PS4 sold really well. Switch sold really, really well. Matt, can you give us a quick rundown on it? Yeah, the super quick rundown. Uh, it was one of those months that the console warriors hate, but the business likes, which is basically where everyone has done pretty darn well. Uh, PS4 led in units. Switch led in dollars. <laughs> Xbox One had big growth. All consoles sold over 1.3 million units in the U.S. that last month. It's an all-time record. Never before have three consoles sold over 1 million units in November. And this year, 1.3 million for each. Good lord. Um, so it really goes to show... Yeah, it, it goes to show that each of these consoles is doing something a little bit different. A lot of differentiation. Uh, people are finding reasons to buy multiple. So cross-ownership is also pretty high. And, you know, the publisher or the uh, manufacturers really had a number of great deals going on all through November. Uh, you, you match that with uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, um, and games like Spyro Reignited Trilogy, uh, which also set a record of a sorts. And uh, you had uh, combined with accessories and game cards, which she continue to do very well. I mean, it's one of those uh, really good years that just se seems to keep on going. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like from the charts you guys were publishing that, that everyone was uh, pretty much knocking out of the park. Uh, do you think these peripherals, like like controllers and headsets, is that all still Fortnite craze? Uh, well, so I think it started that way earlier in the year, and I think what we're seeing now are the games that do a good job of becoming like the social hangout are um, getting people together and allowing friends to get together. And so what we're seeing is continued success there where basically people or the mass market has identified like they want to hang out uh, in a game. And so people want to chat and they want to they want to talk to each other. And so we're continuing to see this really strong headset uh, sales you know, across Black Ops 4, PUBG, Fortnite, Siege. I mean, you name it. There are so many uh, games now which facilitate just people getting together and hanging out. Right, right. So I, I think everyone here pretty much looks at them religiously now. Uh, but does anybody else besides Matt and I have a take on this uh, on the last month's sales? They were pretty I, big. I did want to ask. Um, if, I mean, I'm just going off my memory right now, but wasn't software like not quite as exciting as it usually is? And you were pinning that on Call of Duty moving around. Yeah, I mean, so if you look at the top ten games of the of the month, and you look at the basically at a, on a ranked comparison level, so basically. 
uh, you know, J- uh, number one game this year, number one game last year, number two game this year, number two game last year. Uh, in November, ranks two through ten all grew uh, when you compare those two those ranking slots. But at the number one spot, you know, uh, Red Dead Redemption Two in its second month just couldn't compare to what Call of Duty World War Two did last year in its first month. And when you look at that difference, that more than makes up for the change. So it's not a uh, it's not a depression in the in the software market. It's the fact that we pulled uh, so much volume forward with Call of Duty shifting into October. And if you remember, in October the the software sales were ridiculously higher. Uh, so you know it's just one of those things where you had a timing issue. Um, but when you look at a at the per rank basis, it looks pretty good. Um, you know, one of the things we're seeing is that the the top selling games, like the top ten, top fifteen, those are doing better than ever. Uh, but the games that are, say, 25, 35, 50, uh, those are not doing what they used to do. So we're seeing a little bit more of a shift into more of a top-heavy uh, market where the winners win really big. And if you're not one of those really big winners, then you're probably having a real rough go. Right. Hey, uh, real quick, guys, Just um, uh, I just want to give a quick shout-out to Khalif from Spawn on Me in the chat. Khalif, we're glad you're here, man. Hell yeah. Um, I have a question for uh, for Matt, actually. Um, so I'm not familiar. So I, I think I remember reading this somewhere, but when was the last time we saw a holiday season quite this strong uh, in the industry? I, I believe it's been a while, but I don't remember exactly how long. Yeah, right now the best comp is probably 2010, um, which was off our 2008 highs. But of course, 2008 was uh, a, like a perfect storm of the Wii. Guitar Hero and Rock Band were huge. I mean, you had a number of things that were really square in the cultural zeitgeist and then we had a couple down years into 2010 but 2010 was still a massive year uh, before we kind of bottomed out in 2013 2014 um so we've kind of uh cyclicality in the video game business usually happens but we've kind of done this thing where we've come from a peak down the valley and now we're kind of getting back up to the peak again um so it's been a real good year probably the best one we've seen in eight nine years Wow. Yeah, that's fucking... I was really excited to see... I I, I am really excited all throughout the year to see the Switch doing so well consistently. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it sounds like the PS4 has pulled ahead for the whole year, but, I mean, if I'm remembering right, but for a while, the Switch was ahead, and that's, like, really exciting. I mean, it makes me really excited to see what that's going to look like in, you know, two years down the road, three years down the road, as it, you know, gets, like, it it seems like it's setting up to be one of Nintendo's better Mm -hmm. consoles overall. One... And I think, Rebecca, I think the the really cool thing to remember for 2019 is that uh, I think already when you just look at the whole year and you take out, like, you know, November, December from this year, obviously you got Pokemon and Smash Brothers. I think next year, from a software standpoint, and we'll, I, we'll see what Matt thinks, but I think next year is poised to be a bigger year for Nintendo uh, software. Animal Crossing! Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have to eat some crow. I was, like, really skeptical of what the Switch would do this year, uh, you know, because they didn't have a Mario or a Zelda it was like the first, especially the first half of the year. It was just Wii U re-releases, and then Mario Tennis Aces. Kind of, I, I know it charted, but it had a little bit of lukewarm reception. I haven't heard about it in months, um, but they really turned it around. And I think, uh, like what I thought was just a niche, like just the online community where everyone's just buying everything on Switch. I think that's actually the case uh, more so than I expected um, for the more mainstream audience too. Is people just love being able to play these games on the go and that portability is such a huge factor. And I would love to know like how many people that buy games on switch actually own those elsewhere and just 
<laughs> yeah, I'm so, guilty, I'm so guilty myself of like buying duplicates on the Switch just because I want something. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. man, I have double dip on so many. Yep. It seems but, like uh, most people also kind of underestimated uh, Smash Bros. pretty heavily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. yeah that was yeah. that was kind of a big surprise to me because I thought Pokemon would be the big one that like That's what was really really gonna move units. But I, it seems I like knew Smash well, was even bigger. I mean, Matt, combine, is it when you combine go. the two? When you combine Pikachu and Eevee, does it catch Smash or no? Right. So, a oh, um, couple of things in there. So, first, uh, <coughs> on the Switch, it has had a really uh, phenomenal year. Uh, it is about where I expected it to be. PlayStation 4 is actually well ahead of where I expected it to be. Sony has done an absolutely incredible job of maintaining promotion. Um, making sure the console's out there. And, of course, they have God of War and Marvel Spider-Man, their two biggest uh, exclusive launches ever. So, I mean, Sony's done a remarkable job. Don't want to take anything away from what they've accomplished. They're still leading the market at the moment. But it is really close, and December is going to be really crazy to watch. And Switch could well end up ending the year as a top-selling console. Um, when it comes to Pokemon, like, I thought the same. I thought Let's Go would be the one that really kicked things off, but it seems like Smash is really doing that work. If you combined uh, Let's Go, Eevee, and Pikachu in November, they would have ranked number three in dollars in units behind uh, Red Dead and Call of Duty. That's a big number still. Yeah. <laughs> and when you look at the dollar sales, Pikachu's launch month dollar sales were the second highest of any Pokemon in game in history, just behind Pokemon Stadium. So now it's with not dollar doing... sales. That's influenced by the fact that it was a sixty dollars game as well, correct? Sure. So you're not doing the units of the handheld SKUs, um, but you know you're you might be making more per unit at the higher price point. <coughs> so there's you know um, there's something to be said, of course, for the units for getting more people in there, but there's also something to be said for those people that are in there paying more. In any case, um, Pokemon Let's Go sure seems to be a hit. But from what I'm hearing, Smash might be an even bigger one. Uh, and we'll have to see what the results look like. But when we, end up, when we go into a December and we have two consoles basically neck and neck for the lead, and then you have Xbox One, which has had tremendous growth. Talk about a turnaround, year. man, for the Xbox. Yeah, because didn't they have a very poor 2017? They had a pretty poor every yeah. single year. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I mean, in, per in, in particular, like 2017 yeah. seemed yeah. like a That's, real slowdown point for the Xbox. I think they had a period of a few months where it seemed like everyone was just waiting for the X to come out. Like, yeah, uh, it, that that's what I got from it. Is like people were just like not buying anything because they were either waiting for the X or waiting to see if there was price drops or bundles well, on the yeah. S. And also, one thing last year, like it just kind of seemed like Microsoft didn't do a good job of keeping Xbox in the conversation, especially with just like the slew of awesome games that were coming out last year. Um, yeah. It seemed really quiet. Like I remember there was a point where. <laughs> Halo Wars 2 had been out for a month and I didn't even know it had released. Oh, yeah. <laughs> came out last year. Hey, Matt, I, I have one thing, and I, I think because there's so much good news around the sales, this, this conversation <laughs> kind of uh, uh, maybe missed the, missed the mark. Fallout 76. How did it... How did yeah, it that won't surprise mm. me. Tell me. Yeah, so, I mean, it's tough. We don't have digital sales. Bethesda does not share their digital sales, but... 
on a physical sales only basis, the third biggest launch in Fallout history behind uh, Fallout 4, which was a, a huge hit, and then Fallout New Vegas. So just wow. on phys physical units or physical dollars, which is basically the same as units at this point, alone, they're comping really well in its launch month. Um, now, obviously, the game's had some challenges. So many uh, unhappy people out there. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll have to see how the legs of it are. I mean, we have seen a number of service-based games start real rough and turn it around. I mean, No Man's Sky. I mean, look at that. Um, talk yeah. about a turnaround case. Rainbow Six Siege was the same way. For Honor, even. So perhaps Fallout 76 can do the same and, and get extended life. Or... Maybe it doesn't. Um, so I think the jury's still out. But yeah, I was I was surprised as well to see it that high, um, and having the numbers it did. But um, you know that brand is great. People love the brand, and the people that are playing it seem to enjoy it, um, despite some of the issues it's having. Yeah, right. and it's like what you said. I think that's like a testament to how popular and how well the Fallout brand does. Is the fact that even after all these early reports that this game was not going to be good, people still bought into it. And even though people seem to be very upset about it, I mean, they already bought it. You can't can't really take that back. Yeah, yeah the question's going to be uh, Matt, down the road. If I may, I love to ask you this question every NPD, but seeing as there's only one month left, are you sticking to your guns? about switch overtaking overall sales, because I think you might be right. Yeah, so I'm holding on to that. I knew it would be a November, December play. I thought uh, Pokemon would do a little bit more work, but Sony, I mean, you know, you have a year when you have God of War and Marvel Spider-Man in the same year. Yeah. That doesn't happen. You don't get two games of that quality and that scale in the same year. So, um, But I still think Switch is going to end up uh, on top, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if PS4 was. And on the software side, I think Red Dead's going to be able to climb up um, over the hump oh, and yeah. uh, lead in software. But, I mean, regardless, I mean, when you close the books on this year, you can't help but see it as a big success. And, you know, you look forward and you go, okay, this might have been the last year uh, of the traditional console market as we know it. Um, yeah. With all the initiatives coming down, Probably the announcement of next-gen PlayStation and Xbox, whatever that is. Streaming initiatives, subscription services. Um, boy, things are going to get real tricky real soon in terms of how the market looks, with the exception of Nintendo, which, of course, is going to go off and do Nintendo things. And I think you're right when you, when you say that, you know, Nintendo's poised to have a really strong next year. I think they absolutely will. And they'll be the ones that really step forward as Microsoft and Sony kind of transition into that next gen. So speaking speaking of next, I've got a very quick question, if you guys don't mind, from Matt. Taking kind of taking it beyond uh, what what Finn had asked. What is your so? You know, there's been a lot of talk about whether or not Nintendo can hit that 20 million sold mark um, <laughs> by next March. I think it is. Uh, I don't know. They've had a hell of a fucking holiday season. So Matt, I don't know. Like, what are you what are your thoughts on that? Because I see people starting to waffle on this one. I've never seen such obsession over, I mean, not just in the fan community. I'm talking analysts. I just want to, yeah. People, like, it's the weirdest freaking thing. Like, if it's 19.9 million, <laughs> it's over. And if it's 20.2 million, yay. Like, I just want to um, see if they're going to do it. I, I don't. I don't know if I care. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I don't know if it makes a difference. I mean, so basically the idea for Nintendo this year was get through that somewhat, um, I don't want to say, well, uh, not their biggest franchise is being released in the first part of this year, right? Yeah, you kind of get right. through that hump, you get Pokemon out, you get Smash out, and you go into next year with all of the big titles they've got on the way. So, Matt, all, uh, all you had to do was get through the first part of the year, and now you're on a good track and a good trajectory. So, talking about next year, then, uh, can I ask you like a an honest and fair question? Uh, do Xbox and PlayStation stand any chance once Nintendo releases the new entry in the best video game franchise, uh, which is Animal Crossing? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> like, is it just over at that point, or you know? It's fucking over, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear. Uh, Pokemon RPG might be in that mix as well. That might uh, <laughs> yeah. might push some push some sales. Oh, I mean, it's, it's funny, right? Like right now, you have a Nintendo doing Nintendo things, PlayStation uh, basically focusing on the big single player quality experience in a basically traditional console mindset, and then Xbox out doing all of these things around Game Pass, subscription services, and soon streaming. We have three very different console offerings that are going to get even more differentiated. And you look at the cross-ownership rates where a majority of owners of PS4s and X1s also, of Switch owners, a majority of Switch owners also own either a PS4 and or an Xbox, right? Um, the cross-ownership rates, you know, a quarter of PS4 owners own an Xbox One um, and about the same, vice versa. So we have these really diverse offerings, which basically, you know, we can grow the pie based on the differentiation in the consoles to the audience, right? Because you have more variety of games, more variety of, of styles that more people can get into. But then you also allow each person already there to buy more and to get into additional ecosystems because the things that are being offered are so different. So you have the ability to broaden the market and deepen the market, even though everything is going to basically change. So it's a really exciting time. Yeah. Hello. Hi, hey, Finn. Are you raising your hand? Hi, Finn. Why are you raising your hand? <laughs> question from just, chat. Just speak, Finn. We have a question <laughs> from chat. So polite. Piscatella. Uh, this is from our good friend, Direwolf <coughs> slash Sam. Uh, what games, Mr. Piscatella, are you most curious about performance-wise in the first couple months of 2019? I think Anthem is the one that I'm really going to watch. I think a lot is riding on this game for a number of reasons. Um, and, you know, what I'm what I'm really interested in seeing is that for a while there, that kind of Destiny model was the model. But then here comes PUBG and Fortnite. And is that Destiny model still going to have the appeal uh, that it did before? Has Battle Royale changed the entire game? Does does Battlefield Five not having a Battle Royale version or mode right now, is that working against it? Um, so yeah, I think Anthem is the one I'm really looking to, and and everything else is basically secondary to that. I think it's a really important game to set the tone for the year. So um, sorry, so, go ahead, John. Uh, I think it's me who's about to hijack. Oh, that was, that, uh, sorry, so, so, Matt, we've got at nine o'clock. We're going to the show, but first, Matt, we we got to know your two favorites of this year. No, we already know oh, one of these. He's gonna we know one of them. I already, yeah. We share yeah. the same number one. <laughs> so I've been. I have not been quiet about this. Um, I think Astrobot Rescue Mission is a game that made me feel like a kid again. Made me realize the potential of the medium. 
I was expecting nothing going in. And when I got in my head in there, it was like floating through a Disneyland in a way um, where the music and the visuals and the experience it takes you on is perfect. Uh, are you, are you describing the game or are you describing SDGC? I'm confused. Which one? <laughs> uh, this too. Also okay. perfect. Certainly not. <laughs> okay. Just like tighter than a nun's butt. Um, but so like, but Astrobot. I'm sorry. Can we... Nope, nope, we, we're no, not gonna no, pause. No, 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 nothing stops this train. We, we, we push on. We push on. Push on. Hug a coal into a diamond. Um, but no, Astrobot's a game that that really I think um, changed my viewpoint on what games could be, and I think True. that's really cool because that does not happen very often. I think Rebecca uh, died. I think, <laughs> the thing that I think is most impressive about Astrobot being his number one is that prior to Astrobot. Matt was very, uh, I don't want to say negative, but very cool negative. towards uh, PSVR or VR in general. I still am. Yeah. I still am. Very, it's just, very, it's very bearish. It's but that's what's selling. so fascinating about Astrobot being your number one is you going into playing it. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. People should play that game. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, did my computer just die? Okay, it did not just die. Unfortunately, um, no, <laughs> like, uh, there are a lot of barriers for people to buy VR and to get invested in VR. And I think we're seeing, you know, we're not seeing mass market adoption of VR headsets, even though, like, there are some amazing experiences on there. Let's <laughs> see what happens. Right. Um, but it's, it's such a wonderful game. I wish everyone could play it. Do you have a number two for us? Sure. Number two, Marvel Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. I think that game perfected the open world in terms of the size, the scale, the activities in it, um, traveling through it. I think what we're seeing right now from a personal standpoint is things are getting too damn big. Um, worlds are getting too big. They're too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. As a player, I don't want 100 hours. I want, a crisp, <laughs> yeah. I want a crisp, tight, give me 30 hours of really great condensed gameplay where everything's moving and happening. And Insomniac did such an amazing job. I think it's it's the perfect, perfect superhero game uh, and open world game for me. I, I enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah, I agree with that so much. Like everything I read about Assassin's Creed Odyssey sounds perfect for me until I read about the size of the map and how many hours it's going to take me. And I'm like, <laughs> I I'm not ready to commit to this. Odyssey is definitely on my list. It's a fantastic game. I, I'm 65 hours in. I don't want no. it to end. I, I, I'm not like, oh, God, this game's got to end. It's just mm -hmm. like I feel um, like it's I'm daunted in a way by this map. It's so big. It's wonderful, though. It's a great game. But in terms of, like, Spider-Man, man, that game is just, just mm, right. really well made. Well, we are. I think we are bumping up against our time. We gotta. We gotta take a, a quick break uh, before we start our game of the year podcast. Uh, Matt, uh, man, we missed. We missed having you back on here, man. I'm so glad you're back. Mm -hmm. um, right on. Thanks, man. Yeah. No, I didn't like. I always like monthly NPD is always a great discussion, and and so I, I missed having it. And uh, just glad you're back, buddy. Yeah. Glad. Right glad on. you're back. Glad to see you doing well. Thanks for um, having a holiday I'll season, Matt. You too. I'll hang out in the chat and uh, say obnoxious things and please uh, talk about how everyone's Cody picks are wrong if they disagree with mine. <laughs> okay, we're gonna. Happy holidays, Matt. 
I'm predicting some zest. All so right. uh, so for, every, for everybody in chat, we are going to take a quick uh, four or five minute break, and then we will be back live with our Game of the Year podcast. So please sit tight. <laughs> 